protests demanding justice for George Floyd spread around the country yesterday, and the president's tweets about it have been labeled as glorifying violence. Kylie Jenner may have had fake tax returns printed to get Forbes to call her a billionaire. And joining us today to teach us how to adult better is Rob Kinney, the creator of the viral YouTube channel, Dad, How Do I? The date, May 29th, 2020. The time, news o'clock. Hey friends, I'm Hayes Brown. And I'm Casey Rackham. Welcome to News O'Clock. Before we get to the very real heavy news, can I bring up something that made me really happy? Yes, I think we could all use that. Okay, apparently John Wick is titled John Wick because Keanu Reeves kept on saying the title of the movie wrong. I... Okay, one, that tracks. Two, what was the original title? What could he not get? It was just supposed to be called Scorn. Scorn? What? What? Oh, wow. This That's is a- just like, I. well, first of all, I think that Keanu Reeves helped it. I don't think we Truly. would all be like, Scorn, this and that. No, John no, absolutely Wick. Not. It's the titular character. It's John Wick or nothing. I... Keanu, you genius, you <laughs> mad genius, you. I would, yes, yeah, Gorn is a terrible title. I'm sorry to whoever's baby that was in the production process, who I'm sure was very offended when Keanu Reeves could not land it, but we're better off now. Okay, now on to the very real, very heavy news that you mentioned, Casey. It's wild, so we're doing things a little differently this episode and presenting you with the TLDR, the most important news headlines brought to the top of your feed. And so here are three things you need to know today. One, the protests in Minneapolis continued on last night with the police out in force again and a police precinct being set on fire. The protests were sparked by the death of George Floyd on Monday, when now former officer Derek Chauvin put his knee on Floyd's neck until he suffocated. The Department of Justice is investigating Floyd's death, and Minneapolis Public Safety Commissioner John Harrington announced Friday afternoon that ex-officer Chauvin had been taken into custody. His arrest has been one of the main demands of activists and demonstrators the last three nights. In one of the most intense scenes this week, some protesters set fire to the 3rd Precinct's headquarters last night. Mayor Jacob Frey ordered police to abandon the precinct earlier that evening, saying, Brick and mortar is less important than life. Then, this morning, a CNN crew reporting in Minneapolis, including journalist Omar Jimenez, were arrested on live TV. We walked away. I'm sorry? You're under arrest. Okay. Do you mind telling me why I'm under arrest, sir? Why why am I under arrest, sir? The crew was quickly released. Minnesota State Patrol said in a tweet, the three were released once they were confirmed to be members of the media, but we saw them present their credentials several times, again, on live TV. Two. It wasn't just Minneapolis. Social justice protests were spread across the country yesterday, with some getting just as intense as the ones in Minnesota. In Louisville, Kentucky, protesters turned out into the streets last night to demand action after police killed a black EMT named Brianna Taylor in her home in March. Seven people were shot, local officials said, with police saying that their officers fired none of the rounds. In Denver, Protests at the state capitol were interrupted by gunfire. Nobody was hurt, but a woman later attempted to drive through a crowd of demonstrators. She made it through before swerving to intentionally hit one of the protesters. And in Columbus, Ohio, after being met with tear gas by police, protesters smashed windows and damaged door frames in the capitol building. And three, 
The president used his Twitter account last night to warn that he could send in the National Guard to target looters in Minneapolis. President Trump tweeted at nearly 1 a.m., quote, These thugs, all caps, are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Walz and told him that the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty and we will assume control, but when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Thank you, end quote. This morning, Twitter pissed off the president more than it already had this week, putting that tweet behind a warning label that read, quote, This tweet violated the Twitter rules about glorifying violence. However, Twitter has determined that it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible, end quote. Then the White House account, the official White House account, put the tweet up in its feed. So then Twitter threw the same warning label up on that tweet, too. Oh, the news cycle these past 24 hours have just been truly just horrifying to see. Just everything that is happening, the the injustices all around. Um, And I'm really stuck on the president's tweet and then the White House's tweet. I mean, that quote that he was saying came originally from a racist former sheriff of Miami. I mean, he he is glorifying violence. That is a fact. And I'm glad that Twitter finally took some sort of stance. I know that was one of several things wrong in that tweet. Uh, I will say, though, that the White House really seems to not have minded the label, considering that they now are calling it clear proof that Twitter is a publisher and not a platform and should be regulated and be able to have all these punishments against it for saying mean things about the president, basically. Um, and I yeah, I was up until like nearly 3 a.m. Eastern time just watching all of this go down. Uh, and I got to point out, though, the National Guard is in Minneapolis and St. Paul today, but it's not because of the president. It's because the governor who commands the National Guard in the state of Minnesota ordered them there. There's nothing to do with Trump's tweet for them to actually be on the streets there. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, things are very grim right now, but... Here's a bit of a reprieve thanks to the world of pop culture. It's time for today's Good News, Bad News. For good news, Camila Cabello is trying to make obsessive compulsive disorder a little less stigmatized by opening up about her experiences with the condition in a personal essay. Cabello, a former member of Fifth Harmony and current solo artist, wrote about her struggles in an essay published in the WSJ magazine for Mental Health Month. In the piece, she explains that her anxiety basically metabolized into a set of constant obsessive thoughts and physical conditions that kept her from sleeping and left her body feeling like it had been through multiple roller coaster rides every day. But Cabello says that she's pushed through with months of work, including cognitive behavioral therapy and meditation. Oh, good for her. I am really glad that she's actually speaking out about this because we have, I feel like so many of us do have that image in our brain from like movies and TV of how OCD is supposed to work. And it seems pretty clear that that's not how it happened for her. Um, I actually have OCD and I cried while I read her piece because of her just saying the multiple roller coaster rides every day. I, when I'm like at the worst of it, I say that it feels like you are in a hamster wheel that you can't get out of. You're, these intrusive thoughts really get into your brain and they won't let go. They're extremely vague and overwhelming and they don't help you. And you just can't let go of them because you're searching for an answer when there is no answer. 
And as you can see, that is very much a roller coaster. And so I think it's great that she's speaking up about this because I also think there's a different, there are different types of OCD. There is obsessive and there's compulsive. And I think a lot of people like, you know, like to make light of turning the water faucet on and off and stuff like that. But there's also the very much the intrusive thoughts aspect of it that is riddled with anxiety. So I think it was really brave of her and to do this all at age 23, you know, to go in to seek therapy for this. That's amazing. And I got to say, between you and Camilla just now, I actually learned a lot. So thank you, Casey. Anytime. Well, bad news for Kylie Jenner and literally only Kylie Jenner. Well, actually, you know what? Maybe Kris Jenner, too. (laughs) Basically, Kylie is apparently no longer a billionaire. And double gasp, she may have never been one in the first place. That's according to Forbes magazine, who published the claim in an investigation on Friday. Kylie sold half of her giant beauty brand, Kylie Cosmetics, this January. Based on the filings for that deal, revenue and profits from the company were actually way lower than the figures that were originally shared with Forbes. And apparently, the saying is true. The devil works hard, but Kris Jenner works harder. Because Kylie's mom, despite what the Kardashian clan has said, owns a pretty big investment stake in the company. And it was her push to get Kylie put on the cover of Forbes magazine that led them to go so far as to allegedly give fake tax returns to Forbes to make Kylie seem wealthier than she is. I... I have never said this in my life before, but thank you, Forbes, for giving us what we needed in this time. Oh, my gosh. Did we need this bit of juicy, delicious gossip? And I am I'm still laughing at her Twitter response right now. Kylie said, quote, I can name a list of 100 things more important right now than fixating on how much money I have. End quote, which, yes, that is 100 percent true. But <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I'm like, don't use the tragedy of having of what's happening right now to just like make everyone ignore what you've done i and it's such a petty thing too they have so much money kylie still has a lot of money i i just really my question is will travis scott have to go back into the studio to re-record the verse in sicko mode where he says baby mama cover (laughs) forbes got these other bitches shook will we need a retraction on that song yes 100 percent. we have to call for it <laughs> okay when we come back we got rob kinney the creator of the dad how do i youtube channel stay right there at SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year new you fat burning secrets and lose weight fast the only thing you need to lose is self-doubt The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. NFL fans, nothing compares to being there live. What a play! Now the crowd is alive. And the NFL's biggest season ever is now ready for the postseason. It's playoff time. We got to win. NFL playoff tickets are on sale now. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the postseason action on the road to Super Bowl 56. Visit NFL.com slash tickets for a complete listing of games. That's NFL.com slash tickets. Hey, Lethal listeners. Tig here. Last season on Lethal Lit... You might remember I came to Hollow Falls on a mission, clearing my Aunt Beth's name and making sure justice was finally served. 
but I hadn't counted on a rash of new murders tearing apart the town. My mission put myself and my friends in danger. Though it wasn't all bad. I'm gonna be real with you, Tig. I like you. But now, all signs point to a new serial killer in Hollow Falls. If this game is just starting, you better believe I'm gonna win. I'm Tig Torres, and this is Lethal Lit. Catch up on season one of the hit murder mystery podcast, Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery, out now. And then tune in for all new thrills in season two, dropping weekly starting February 9th. Subscribe now to never miss an episode. Listen to Lethal Lit on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Adulting is hard. Luckily for all of us, a YouTube channel called Dad, How Do I? is here to save the day. The channel, which went viral last week, features lessons on everything from how to iron a dress shirt to how to change a tire. And of course, lots of dad jokes. Okay, so I get a call from my daughter the other day and she says, Dad, my toilet won't stop running. And I thought for a second, well, it can't be that fast. When did she catch it? (laughs) Okay, today we're talking to Rob Kenny, father of two and creator of the viral Dad How Do I YouTube channel. Thank you for joining us. So, Rob, this channel of yours is amazing. How did this all start? Uh, Yeah, it just kind of stemmed from um, my daughter and my adult son. We talk all the time about uh, adulting questions, you know. So um, I thought of it a couple years ago and um, just thought maybe it would be useful to 30 or 40 people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and this quarantine kind of forced my hand, you know. I kind of ran out of excuses to start it because my daughter's been encouraging me to do it for ever since I brought it up. Um, And then I just you know, had an excuse after excuse. But since I was quarantined, I, I, it kind of forced me to do it. So you've mentioned that your father left when you were young. So where did you learn all the tips and skills that you're passing on? Uh, all over the place. <laughs> it's funny because a good friend of mine actually reached out to me. Um, we were roommates when I was like 19, mm-hmm. 20, I think roughly. And he actually is the one that taught me how to tie a tie. Aww. He didn't he didn't reach out to me for that. He just said, Hey, um, I saw that you're, you went viral. How are you doing? I said, good. And I said, you know what, Bruce, I think you were the one that taught me how to tie a tie. And he said, I was, <laughs> so, yeah, he remembered that too. You know, I took bits and pieces from people. My brother, when I was 14, um, my dad chose, uh, to not have kids anymore. So I went to live with my brother who's nine years older than me. His name's Rick. I learned a lot from him. He he's a cabinet maker or he was before he retired. So he's very, handy. So I learned a lot from him. Or if I didn't know how to do something when I moved out, I would call him. So in less than two months, you went from zero subscribers to over two million. What has that been like for you? Uh, absolutely overwhelming. Um, mm. Yeah, it started out innocently enough. And we, uh, you know, my daughter shared it in a few kindness groups that she's a part of, and they, they really liked it. And so then she thought, Dad, maybe more people could use this than we thought. And so then she shared it in a few more. And then Reddit got a hold of it, and then TikTok and Twitter and all the other <laughs> platforms that I, I just learned how to pronounce. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's it's strange. You know, I would have paid a little closer attention to um, things <laughs> had I known as many people were going to be watching my video. You know, because I've had people correct me on stuff, and you know, oh, there's more. You can you should do this when you shave. Well, you know, I wasn't trying to act like I have I've cornered the market on shaving. I was, you know, if you if you don't know how to shave, if you've never done it before, 
here's a way, you know, that's all it was. That's all it was meant to be. I'm not, I'm not pretending to cover every possible scenario for everybody, just trying to empower people to maybe learn how to do some stuff that maybe they were intimidated by. That sounds like a lot of the videos that you you work on sound scary and then you do it. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping. I, I, I honestly, I want to empower people. I want people to feel like, you know, maybe this was intimidating, but let's take it apart in small chunks and kind of break it down so that you're not intimidated. Cause I, I really truly want to empower people so that they can stand on my shoulders and, you know, go do even bigger things. Cause you, you know how it feels when you you're scared of something and you accomplish it. It's like, wow, I did that. You know, it's really, uh, it's empowering. You posted a really heartfelt video recently titled, I'm Proud of You, where you read a bit of Teddy Roosevelt's Man in the Arena address. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. What made you pick that piece? Uh, That Peace always brings me to tears. <laughs> I even at my daughter's graduation, no, I, I, I get a little, little emotional at times. And part of the reason I got emotional that day because I was producing her slideshow for her for her celebration, and so I was reliving. Oh, she was it's when she was little, and you know, and so I got emotional. And then I read that actually at her um, at her high school graduation, and so I, I teared up and couldn't get through it, but. It's just powerful. It's such a powerful message and not everybody has heard it because critics, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort to be a critic. You know, you can just sit on the sidelines and misery loves company. So they want to tear you down so that you don't step out because people get uncomfortable, you know, with, oh, they're they're having some success. I got to bring them back down where I am. And critics are uh, a dime a dozen. You know, I think there's a place for a good critic. If you feel like this is something that you have been called to do or uh, have been given a gift to do. Don't let the critics stop you. You step out, you go do it. And, um, yeah, I just, again, just trying to empower people. Rob, uh, we cannot let this interview in without asking you for an on the spot dad joke. Hit us. (laughs) Uh, this, it's a knock, knock joke. And this is actually my go, my go-to joke, um, is, uh, knock, knock. Who's there? there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting, interrupting <laughs> you see it coming. We knew what was coming. And yet, <laughs> I love that joke. It's so uh, <laughs> so simple, but it still catches people off guard. Oh man. <laughs> okay, Rob, do you have time to join us for a few more minutes? We'd love to have you take part in our list today. Yes, of course. All right, it's time for the list. Rob is joining us, and in keeping with the dad theme, we are listing our favorite TV dads. So, Rob, we're going to each name our top choice of TV dad throughout the years, then have a little discussion about them. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. You have the honors of leading us off. Who is your favorite TV dad? Boy, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Andy Taylor. Oh, Oh, good. Yes. Strong. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah, he's solid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think for mine, I'm going with Martin Crane from Frasier. Hmm. 
Strong choice. Oh. Strong choice mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. And uh, my choice is Philip Banks, a.k.a. Uncle Phil, in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That's a very good one. I, I had that on my, yeah. Oh, he yeah. was he was on your short list? He was. He was. So what is it about Andy Taylor from The Andy Griffith Show that really, like, speaks out to you then and made him your top choice? Just the wholesomeness of it. Uh, you know, I feel, you know, I'm from a little bit different generation. I don't know how old everybody is that's on this <laughs> on this podcast, but... But I, you know, uh, I'm a kind of from the boomer generation. So I struggled with, uh, you know, Mike Brady a little bit, too. Uh, you know, I like the Brady Bunch. I grew up with them. I just like how, you know, he's, he's solid. You know, he was somebody you could count on and you knew that he tried to do the right thing. Um, and he walked alongside uh, what was the can't, my, the name escapes me of the the deputy that was <laughs> uh, Barney Five. Barney Five. Yeah. You know, and he was gracious towards him. And uh, yeah, I just think he was pretty a, a solid i guess when i think of him i think of solid yes, yes definitely yeah mine was okay martin crane which i know might not be like the obvious choice but i think that he you know he's so different from uh fraser and niles he has these two pretentious sometimes very <laughs> obnoxious children and he's this down-to-earth former police officer who's just not yeah. taking any of their crap and i like that he just like brings them down a notch and is like let's enjoy life a little bit my plaid chair isn't gonna ruin your fancy living room right like, <laughs> yeah yeah i like that and one thing with him too real, real quick i you know sometimes things need to be said you mm-hmm. know and sometimes people are afraid to say stuff and that's what strikes me about him is he would just say it you know <laughs> whether you like it or not he said it and then uncle phil for me i just he, there's so many moments where he imparts this great amount of like wisdom and patience even has his nephew and children. Uh, he's trying to keep his children from being too spoiled and give them a better life than he had. And he has this knuckleheaded nephew who he loves very much. And I cannot watch the scene where Uncle Phil comforts Will after his dad visits and walks out on him again without crying. Like every time I watch that on YouTube, I know I'm going to hurt my own mm. feelings, but it's worth <laughs> it every time. <laughs> that's good well rob this has been so much fun thank you for joining us yeah thanks so much for having me it's it's been a lot of fun okay we have time for one more thing and today i am sorry to say that the simulation is just broken because of course it is casey you're not ready for this <laughs> monkeys stole the coronavirus wait monkeys yes stole the coronavirus also yes Hayes, I swear to God, I can't handle any more monkey business today. Casey, that was a dad joke and a pun. Either I am finally rubbing off on you or Rob has, but I am thrilled either way. I'm so proud. Okay, don't get used to it. It's not going to happen all the time. (laughs) Okay, so this happened in New Delhi, India, which is a city that's had a real issue with a species of monkey called the red-faced rhesus macaque. They're very clever and have gotten very used to humans and have been getting pretty grumpy with people on lockdown. So what, the monkeys wanted revenge? Not quite. According to AFP, a group of the monkeys swarmed a local med student and swiped three blood samples from patients who were being tested for coronavirus. But luckily, the vials did not break and they were recovered. You know what? Uh, That still sounds like a revenge plan for me for the vaccine test. (laughs) 
you can say whatever you want. Sounds like revenge. <laughs> yeah, that I, I wouldn't put it past them. These monkeys seem to be clever enough to have the concept of mm-hmm. revenge. Crows have the concept of revenge. These monkeys, probably the same. Oh my God, I believe that. This Planet of the Apes reboot, though, happening now in the middle of a pandemic, I, I just don't want these streams to cross. This is not good. Can I say that I'm actually genuinely very worried about how the coronavirus is fe- affecting all the animals out there? Like, I'm scared of the squirrels and the rats mm. and the pigeons now. Right? I'm scared. They're not getting the food they once had on the streets and they want it bad. Right. Like we were talking about, was it God? Was it just earlier this week we talked about the rats fighting each other to the death? Yes. No, I agree. Between the wild animals who feel like, uh, where is all of our delicious garbage and our pets who are like, hey, we're being given all the attention now. If you leave us again, we will hate you. (laughs) I don't know how we're going to end up after this. Oh, God. It's their world now. No matter what happens (laughs) with the coronavirus, the animals are taken back over. They win. And that's our show for the week. We'll be back on Monday with BuzzFeed News' Stephanie McNeil, who reported out a wild story of an influencer family that adopted a child, used him to build sponsorships, then decided not to keep the child in their family. And remember, shit's wild, people. Take care of yourselves this weekend. Listen to Chromatica on full blast. Go have a delicious snack from your kitchen since we can't go outside still. Just take care of you. News O'Clock is produced by Dan Bauza, Hiba Elorbani, and Alan Haberchak. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mangesh Hatikater, Samantha Hinnick, Patrick McMiniman, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to News O'Clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. Also, tell your friends about the show. Have them catch up over the weekend. Then set your alarm so you never miss an episode of News O'Clock. 